deflected wide by Gensel. Loose puck below the goal line. Robinson can't clear. Malkin's got it at the right point. Into the high slot with it. Across Crosby. One-timer scores! The captain completes the comeback. And Pittsburgh from down 4-0 wins it 5-4 in overtime. Bumped into by Nelson. Worked through that, though. Jason Zucker. This guy is possessed right now. Able to play it back down low. Archibald off the end wall. Leaves it for Benito. Back to the right point. Petrie to the near side for Dumoulin. Snapshot. Scores! Brian Dumoulin let it fly. And it gets past Sorokin with traffic in front. And the Penguins go up 3-1. Raquel in front looking for Pedersen. Look Good poke check there by Sorokin. And it sends Brock Nelson the other way. He's on a breakaway. Pass Pedersen in. Shoots. Scores. And Brock Nelson completes the improbable comeback for the New York Islanders. Down 3-1 late in regulation. They tie it. They win it. And for the first time ever... They sweep the regular season series from the Pittsburgh Penguins with a 4-3 overtime victory here tonight at PPG Paints Arena. Two good teams. We don't, we don't have time to feel sorry for ourselves. Well, that was quick. Uh, comebacks and givebacks. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's the theme today. In one week's time, we've witnessed all of the volatility that has become the dubious trademark of the 22-23 Pittsburgh Penguins. A total no-show last Saturday night in Florida. An historic comeback after falling behind 4 to nothing to Columbus on Tuesday. And then on Thursday night, a third lead-blowing loss to the New York Islanders in less than a month that prevented the Penguins from moving up to the first wild-card spot in the Eastern Conference standings. Good morning and welcome to Penguins Live Weekly. This is Paul Steigerwald with Brian Metzer, as always, and Wayne Gretzky-Anderson at the controls. Good morning, Metz. The Penguins are ranked 16 out of 32. That's right smack dab in the middle of the pack, which is actually pretty fitting when you consider the up-and-down nature of their season. You're right, Stag. That's kind of where they fall into the pecking order this year. I mean, you hate to say it, but they've kind of had that kind of season, which is a little uncharacteristic for a group led by Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin or even Mike Sullivan, for that matter, one of the weirdest kind of teams we've seen under him just with their defensive work, their inability to hold leads or close games. I mean, so that's all things that they're trying to fix and work on, but it's kind of been a little bit odd to see them do that, and that's why they are they are ranked 16 out of 32. It's almost like they're two different hockey teams uh, or you know they're <laughs> on the same night sometimes. Yeah, hold on, that's what I mean. They're you know, they're their top 6 scores and does all the right things and then their bottom 6 kind of leaves them wanting at the end. And um they've tried to fix that at the trade deadline. And we talked about this weeks ago, Matt's about maybe dripping some of those guys down through the lineup so that you have a more consistent performance from each line in a, in a two-way way, if you will, uh, that would then give you a better chance to win games. I, I, because it seems like the bottom six is never going to be completely fixed this year. You could maybe do some things in the offseason. If Ryan Paling were healthy, I think it would have made a big difference, but he hasn't been. I'm hoping we end up seeing him at some point, Stag, because his salary for the year is seven fifty, if I'm not mistaken. And based on some cap maneuvering, putting him on long-term IR, all these different kinds of things, because that didn't really hurt you because he's been out so long, you know. So you could uh, – he still probably has a little bit – I didn't 
factor in his window to see exactly when he would come off of that. However, they would have the cap space to activate him when he is ready. And he had some really quality practices lately. So he at least is trending in the right direction. So I don't think it's one of those situations, unless I miss something overnight, that he's going to be out for the season or anything. It's just a matter of manipulating it in a way to get him in. Because you're right, it would make a huge difference. You said that uh, it's a surprise for a team uh, led by Sidney Crosby, and you said also maybe Mike Sullivan. Yeah, the blown lead stat is probably the most un-Sullivan-esque, to use a term you would use, <laughs> stat of all, wouldn't you say? I can't uh, get my head around the fact that they're 24 and five, and I always pause because it sounds like I'm saying 24 and five. Um, and that beats their second worst that they had under Sullivan back in 1920, where they went 23 and five. And this is carrying leads to the third period and uh, the record of when you were leading after two. So that doesn't account for times that maybe they had to claw back or fight differently in games. But yeah, 24 and five leaves 13 points on the table, too. If you had closed out those games, which going back just for perspective to 15 16. The Penguins were 39-0-0 that season uh, when they were leading after two. Amazing. And uh, it, it's it's a, a special trait to be able to shut a game down, to shut a team down, to win a game in the third period when you're leading. It's a, it's a fine line between pushing enough to continue to make the other team have to defend and sitting back and allowing the other team to come at you and end up on your heels. So – Finding that fine line is something the Penguins can't seem to be able to do right now. Yeah, you're right. I, Consistently. I, yeah, you because know, they've been able to on occasion do it. I mean, they still won 20 times. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty impressive. Uh, but I think it just comes down to that stag. In the past, they've been able to kind of steal the will of the opponent when they were leading going to the third. You, you were not going to come back. We are going to just smother you with shift after shift after shift of hard work, getting the guys in on a strong four check turning pucks over, dumping it back, and, and not allowing you to attack. And this group, for whatever reason, has allowed teams on occasion to kind of dictate to them, hey, we're coming back. We're going to keep you on your heels. And you you used to see these teams allow single-digit shots to the opponent. And just as an example, the Islanders had 13 shots in the third period the other night, which matched their game total, essentially, up to that point. And they scored two in four minutes and 14 seconds down the stretch to kind of steal uh, that at least one point to force overtime, and then they got the extra in the extra frame. When the Penguins win, the recipe is often goaltending, special teams, and star power. We've said it all year long. The stars delivered in a big way against Columbus, but the goaltending from Jari has been below standard, and the special teams are surprisingly bad right now, which is really shocking to me. I mean, the power play is really good at home. Not great, but really good. Bad on the road. Yeah. Penalty killing has just gone south. And and I think it was doing really well when Teddy Bluger first came back from injury. And it dipped Brock McGinn yeah. was doing a good job. You had Ryan Paling. You had Josh Archibald. And those guys were all on the same page, and they were doing a really good job. And then some injuries struck. Then the trade deadline. And now we're trying to rebuild the thing all the way back up again. Not easy. No, it's not easy. And you're seeing a variety of different guys get sniffs of it. I mean, Nick Benino's now being rolled in. Mikhail Granlin's getting rolled in a little bit. Um, he's been up and down in the faceoff circle when he's played in a situation to do that. I know the other night he started the game pretty effectively, but the first couple games that he took some faceoffs, not so hot. So that that also happens when you have him out there in a special teams type role. Um, so yeah, this is going to be a work in progress. You got a couple few weeks worth of time to get it right, get yourself into the playoffs, and hope that once you do get in, assuming they do, that these guys are on the same page and have an effective penalty kill and power play. 
Well, the Penguins are on a 95-point pace. At least they were going into that Islander games, probably right around there. Will that be enough? Need 11 more wins, 22 points in the last 18 games to get to 96. And I think that could be the number, 96, 95, to get into the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, you'd like to finish in that first wild card spot if you could. And as Jason Zucker said, you got to put it behind you because you got two games today and tomorrow against the Flyers and Rangers, respectively, an oddity. And the Penguins have to start winning games consistently in this five-game homestand to be able to take full advantage of the opportunity. We'll have the key highlights of the four games the Penguins played this week. We'll be visited by Penguins President of Business Operations, Kevin Acklin. He's going to talk about the improvements planned for PPG Paints Arena. And I'll look ahead to today's game against the Flyers, who just fired their general manager, Chuck Fletcher, yesterday. It's our weekly hour of spirited Saturday morning hockey talk. On the Penguins Radio Network, presented by ST Bank. Hey, Pittsburgh Penguins fans, this is Selena Pompiani. You know what's as classic as Jeff Jimerson singing the national anthem at a Pens game? Glidden paint on your walls. Glidden premium interior and exterior paint is easy to use, affordable, and provides a great looking finish. Oh, and it's available online and in stores at the Home Depot starting at under $20. Skate full speed into your next DIY project with Glidden by PPG. The official paint of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Stop by Burgatory, Pittsburgh's favorite local burger joint. Located at Section 206 at PPG Paints Arena. And with 700 spots around town, we're always easy to find. Burgatory, hell of a burger and heavenly shakes. Visit our website at burgatorybar.com. Jim Shorkey gives Pittsburgh's best hockey fans a Kia hat trick. Price, value, and warranty. Kia inventory is back in stock, including 2022 Kia Forte, Soul, K5, Sorento, Sportage, Carnival, Telluride, and more. Or pre-order now and get it exactly how you want it. With trade values higher than ever, the time to upgrade is now. Your deal, your way. What a great day. Proud sponsors of the Pittsburgh Penguin. Experience the best of Kia at shorkykia.com. Let's go Pens! Life-changing is a nursing career where you have the power to take the lead and opportunities to make real change. Where you work alongside colleagues that care and see inspiration every day. Where you're celebrated for who you are and have the support you need for what matters most to you. Life-changing is being a nurse at UPMC. Explore your career options today at upmc.com slash nursing. With captivating nature and the thrill of wide open adventure, West Virginia is everything you need for a truly unique escape. Plan your getaway now at wvtourism.com.
You're listening to Pens Live Weekly, presented to you by PPG Paints. The week began in Sunrise, Florida, the final game of the Penguins' four-game road trip. The Penguins allowed two goals in the final minutes of the first and second periods. Raquel pops it up the far wall, Luos and picks it up into the left circle, across Barkov shoots, the Smith denies it with the left go, rebound, Luos and puts it in. And another goal in the final moments of the period, this time with 10 seconds left in the second, and that is a massive goal in this game as the Panthers go up 3-1. Chris Letang had scored to make it 2-1 in the second, but that late goal and another in the third period into the Penguins' four-game winning streak. The Penguins were outshot 13-3 in the first period, 42-32 for the game, and took a 4-1 loss to end the road trip. And uh, Mets, Casey D played last <coughs> Saturday against Florida because Jari was not feeling well that day, so he had to play the game, which was a bit of a surprise. And I think it, it kind of sends a note to all of us that Tristan Jari is still maybe vulnerable. I'd be the word I would use. Uh, and I, I think we, we, we're all hoping that Jari is going to get back to playing at a consistent level uh, every game and every night and also look like he's physically up to the task. And that's the thing that I'm concerned about. I, I'm with you. I mean, I still think he is one of the most important aspects of the remaining portion of their season here, Stag. He's got to get back to being himself and playing at a high level the way that he was this at times this season. And I think that's what's been a little tough to watch is that at times he has looked that way, mm-hmm. even for periods or two periods. And then he all of a sudden has, you know, a little rough stretch in a game where he lets up a bad goal or something. And then you stir in the, the illness or some, what's going alongside that. You know what I mean? There's There's, yes. there's something not right right now and that it, you almost feel bad for him because all of this has to play into some decision making in the offseason he's a, you know he's looking for a new contract and he hasn't been available a lot of the <clears throat> a lot of the time down the stretch here so that's really put them in a tougher situation and it's put Casey DeSmith in a tough dis- situation no doubt and I think uh, <clears throat> the uh, problem that he has physically has affected him mentally because naturally yeah. if you can't do the things you normally feel like you want to do yeah because right. of some physical Restriction, then it's going to affect your mindset, and I think there's some of that. And when going you feel on like you can't too. do what you want to do, and I mean, you know, it happens to any of us. You you wake up on a certain day and you want to go do something, you know, go yeah. up, run out for a, a bike ride or something, and, yeah, your, and leg your knees is are bo- killing yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, and it's bothering <laughs> you. You're like, boy, I can't even take those steps to get my cup of coffee. I'm not going to ride a bike. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. <clears throat> so the Penguins opened a five game homestand against the Columbus Blue Jackets on Tuesday night. And speaking of Jari, it was three nothing Jackets. Before you could say Yarmo Kekalainen. Carrying near side, passing on the right wing wall for Zucker. He'll sidestep Boquist, hand it off to Malkin. His pass knocked down by Kent Johnson, flipped the center. Roslovic after that, down the left side. Has a step on Pedersen in the net on the forehand. Centers in front of shot, they score. Patrick Laine atop the crease. And the Columbus Blue Jackets with an all-out blitz. Up 3-0 with 9.49 to go in the first. The Jackets made it 4-0 early in the second, chasing Tristan Jari. And while Casey DeSmith was stopping all 14 shots he faced the rest of the way, the Penguins reeled off five unanswered goals, including two from Jason Zucker, who's playing great hockey. But the key goal was this one, 21 seconds into the third. Third period faceoff brought to you by number one Cochran with the Penguins moving left to right here in the third. Casey DeSmith remains in the game. He replaced Tristan Jari. In that second period, 
as does Michael Hutchinson, who waits for the Penguins to come down ice. And here they come down the right side. Shooting is Getzel. He scores! That is just what the doctor ordered. Jake Getzel inside the near post. 21 seconds into the third. It's 4-2. By the 3.59 mark of the third, the game was tied. Three minutes gone in the third. 4-2, Columbus in front. Jason Zucker, one of the Penn's goal scorers, comes through center. Over the line, left wing. Stops, goes to the far corner. Lost the puck there. Comes behind the net. Bayreuther turns it over. Atop the crease. They score! Jason Zucker taps it in. Right on top of the blue paint. He's got two. And it's 4-3, Columbus. Tank digs it free. Carries behind the net and sends it to Pedersen, left wing. He'll lift it. Cross ice for Crosby. Over the line, right side, into the slot. Drops a right wing, Raquel. Holding, throwing in front. They score! Danton Heinen slams it in. Down 4-0. The Penguins tie this game at four. Who is writing this script? <laughs> Good one from Josh. They went to overtime. The Penguins got a four-on-three power play in overtime. And you know what that means. Gino and Sid completed the comeback. It's Crosby over the line, right side to Malkin. He'll walk the line to the center point, throws it down low, deflected wide by Gensel. Loose puck below the goal line, Robinson can't clear. Malkin's got it at the right point. Into the high slot with it, across Crosby, one-timer, scores! The captain completes the comeback, and Pittsburgh from down 4-0 wins it 5-4 in overtime. Bad start, great comeback, Mets. It was awesome. Um, not, it went from not awesome to awesome. I mean, it was one of those weird periods. They go awful down, to awesome. Yeah, awesome weird. to awesome. Or oh. Awful to awesome. That's a good one. We need that T-shirt, Stag. But you had the you had the Penguins come out in that first period not looking ready for whatever reason, being in a 3 nothing hole, Mike Sullivan using his timeout again, uh, which he doesn't do often, but he's done it a few times in recent memory. Uh, and then they give up that one in the second period, and you're like, uh-oh, this is just not good. But then, as you mentioned, they just ripped off the five goals. It's as if they said, um, which they did say, we, we just believed we could come back, and we went out and did it. I mean, that's a team they should be able to beat pretty handily. They're in the Bedard race, and I maybe, you know, and Merzlikens left the game, we should mention. He was 7-for-7 seven seven in the first period with his saves, and they had to bring in Michael Hutchinson, who, you know, hasn't played a ton for them. He hasn't played a ton in the NHL this year. He was acquired at the deadline in some of the moves that they made. And lo and behold, they were able to break through, get the huge winner from Sid. And Sid had the one-timer going in this game, Stag. He had three of them from almost the same area. One early in the game, a save was made. Merzlikens coming across. Hutchinson robbed him late in the third period on a very similar shot. And then finally, three for a dollar, Sidney Crosby cashes in. Yep. And he was joyful when he did, too. I love seeing that big The detached smile. jaw like a snake. You can yeah. tell when Sid's excited because his mouth opens so wide. <laughs> he was so happy to score that goal, and that's just an example of how he still has the passion to win and is just a great, great hockey player. Yep. It, it, now, love it. Uh, it was a tough night for Jari. We touched on that already. Uh, Alex Nylander made his debut in that game, Um Mets, and I get the impression that Nylander would have been up here a long time ago if the Penguins had the cap space and the flexibility to get him here. Yeah, he's having a great year down on the farm. This is a kid that has NHL experience. He scored some goals in the NHL. You need goal scoring in your bottom six or anywhere in your lineup. When you talk about shuffling the lineup the way that that we were doing off air here a little bit, just in how you could do some different things, he's a guy that if you are going to slide people down to give yourself internal depth, he could play in a top six role for you just as a goal scorer. 
I mean, that's what he does. And he's got nice size. He has decent mobility. And I think that this is a kid that came into the league with a lot of pedigree and maybe didn't live up to it right away. But he's hung around. He's become a great AHL player. Probably too good for that league to a certain extent. Not like he's putting up, you know, 100 points a year, but he's still very consistent. And that's the kind of player that you could really graft onto your team who's affordable, who could score goals for you. His brother William has had a heck of a year in Toronto. Maybe I'm not going to say he's better than Mitch Marner, but he's had yeah. a better year than Austin Matthews. But I would say he and Mitch are now the the two focal points of that roster. I mean, on a team that has Austin Matthews and John Tavares and so many other talented players. Michael Bunting, who was a Rookie of the Year candidate a couple years ago, um, he, you got these two guys, and specifically Nylander, just rising rising to the top of that list. Stag. So that I mean, it's a good heritage, it's good bloodlines on that in that family, obviously. And um, I, I was excited when the Penguins decided to give him a chance and bring him into the organization. And it's going to be interesting to see how he thrives or and or takes advantage of this NHL opportunity. I hope he I hope we get a chance to see him this week. And obviously they recalled him. So. Yeah, I hope he plays today. Two nights later, another showdown with the New York Islanders. The curse of Billy Bowtie continued. And for the third straight game between the two teams, the Penguins had a lead going to the third period. After Anders Lee scored an early power play goal, the Penguins got the next three. Here's Crosby in the attacking end, back up top. Pedersen, Rishot, change direction, they score! Jake Gensel with a tip from between the circles. And the Penguins answer back and square this game up in one. Jan Ruda for Malkin, slaps it left side for Petrie, jams it back down to the Islander end. Loose in the near side corner, Malkin to it. Swoops behind the net, centers in front, a shot from Zucker, he scores! Jason Zucker, stay hot, my friend! The Penguins take a 2-1 lead on Zucker's seventh goal in his last five games. Bumped into by Nelson. Worked through that, though. Jason Zucker. This guy is possessed right now. Able to play it back down low. Archibald off the end wall. Leaves it for Benito. Back to the right point. Petrie to the near side for Dumoulin. Snapshot. Scores! Brian Dumoulin let it fly. And it gets past Sorokin with traffic in front. And the Penguins go up 3-1. So uh, Lee's second goal of the game forced overtime. And and uh, uh, um, well, I want to correct myself here. The, the Islanders had outscored their opponents 15-1 to in the third period of their previous nine games. And that trend continued into the final five minutes and 29. 3-1 the score. Islanders come back in. Fashing hands it off left wing. Sezikis back in front. Fashing shoots. He scores. A give-and-go from Fashing and Sezikis and Hudson Fashing all of a sudden is on fire. His second goal in as many games. It's 3-2 and a face-off win from Horvat. Dobson up top looking for Aho. Center point. Passing right wing to Nelson. Back to Aho. Connects to Brock Nelson. Slides in left wing to Dobson. Wrist shot. Tipped the top to crease. They score. Anders Lee directs it past Tristan Jari. And with a minute 15 to go, the New York Islanders have tied this game at three. Yes, Lee's second goal of the game forced overtime, and Ilya Sorokin made all the saves in the overtime and even assisted on the game-winning goal. Raquel in front looking for Pedersen. Good poke check there by Sorokin, and it sends Brock Nelson the other way. He's on a breakaway. Pass Pedersen in, shoots, scores. And Brock Nelson completes the improbable comeback for the New York Islanders. Down 3-1 late in regulation. They tie it. They win it. And for the first time ever, 
They sweep the regular season series from the Pittsburgh Penguins with a 4-3 overtime victory here tonight at PPG Paints Arena. So um, these blown leads are tough for the Penguins um, and the Islanders outscoring their opponents, Matt's incredibly, over 10 games, including this game the other night, 17-1 to in the third period. How does that happen? And outscoring the Penguins in the four games, 8 to nothing in the third period. It's crazy. It is. It's just something that blows your mind because we talked about the Penguins' ability to, to lock games down in the past. And against that particular team, for some reason, they have just been kryptonite for the Penguins. And I don't know if it's bodies going to the front of the net, having issue defending that area or what, but they have just been so effective about in coming back against the Penguins after the Penguins have turned in pretty solid first couple periods on those nights. Well, some of it is just that belief that you can do it. Uh, we just saw the Penguins do it to Columbus. Right. And the other is the Penguins um, doubt that they that they can't prevent it from happening. In other words, the, it, it it's like it's snowballing. A crack I, I, in the I, psyche, so to speak. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I almost think like the Penguins get the yips, like here we go again, and the Islanders are going, oh, yeah, we, we got them now, boys. You know, we got them right where we want them. It's, it's kind of crazy. And boy, it's, Yeah, it's almost like you're trying so hard not to make a mistake that you do. Um, and you have something go sideways because the Penguins came within, you know, essentially four and a half minutes of getting it done. I mean, they let up. They had five minutes left in the game or so. There was 4-14. They scored the two goals. And unfortunately, that last one came in a moment where you were about to escape <laughs> and you, you just weren't able to do it, Stag. So it's it's disheartening in that way. Um, but but I, you know what the bottom line is in all those games, all three of them? The Islanders got better goaltending. They did. Oh, yeah. Sorokin I mean, was unreal. You can't give up. You can't give up uh, any kind of. You can give up goals, but you can't give up any soft goal when you're playing one of those guys. Yeah, and Casey DeSmith had a had a bad third period, late game part of the game against the Islanders yep. in the five four loss on the road. Then Tristan Jari comes back from his injury and allows two soft goals in the third period to let them back in the game in that one. And then uh, this game the other night, um, you know, Sorokin was tremendous. He, he was. I mean, he, he made it, especially in the overtime, and, and we have to hit our break, but he made a couple of really huge saves. One on Petrie, Zucker missed the net, then he robbed Marcus Pedersen with the glove right before they scored the game winner. Okay, so like Jason Zucker said, forget about it. we got to move on. you got two games coming up this weekend, and the Penguins have a big one with the Flyers this afternoon. And before we talk about that, in our next segment, we are going to visit with Kevin Acklin, who is the uh, president of business operations for the Pittsburgh Penguins to talk about the renovations at PPG Paints Arena. That's coming up in just a moment. You're listening to Penguins Live Weekly on the Penguins Radio Network, presented by ST Bank. As a Penguins radio partner for many years, I can tell you that ST Bank is a community bank that truly cares about people. Whether you're a brand new customer or your family has been with ST since its start in 1902, the team is ready to exceed your banking expectations. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com. Learn how ST Bank supports its neighbors at stbank.com today. Member. FDIC. Some chefs have a secret ingredient. Well, we found the perfect secret ingredient. 7-Up. That's right, 7-Up has just the right balance of bubbles and flavor. That's why you can do a lot with it. Like 7-Up pancakes, cupcakes, guacamole, carnitas, and oh yeah, don't forget the cocktails. You can make 7-Up whiskey, sangria, margaritas, and much more. Go to 7-Up.com to find more recipes. Visit your nearest local retailer and pick up a 7-Up 20-ounce bottle. 7-Up is the official soda sponsor of your Pittsburgh Penguins. Do more with 7-Up. Please drink responsible. 7-Up is a registered trademark of Dr. Pepper 7-Up Incorporated. Studying abroad was not even 
on my radar. I always just assumed that that was not for me. And so now here I am in Italy studying abroad. It really is one of the most amazing experiences, challenging experiences, something that you grow so much from that you can't really get anywhere else. Doing study abroad through Kent State, you're gonna be in great hands. It's one of the coolest things I've ever done in my whole life. It's a primetime Saturday night showdown between two of the NHL's best on March 25th when Sidney Crosby and the Penguins take on Alex Ovechkin in the Capitals at PPG Paints Arena. Crosby tries to get around a man, does, cuts in on goal on the backhand, and he scores! Unbelievable effort from Sidney Crosby, and the captain does it again. It's the only meeting between the longtime rivals in Pittsburgh this season. Don't miss it. Tickets are still available at PittsburghPenguins.com. Penguin season presented by UPMC. You're listening to Penn's Live Weekly, presented to you by PPG Paints. Well, it's not St. Patty's Day yet, but today's the day of the parade, and uh, the the O'Macklins are getting ready for the parade today, I'm sure. Kevin Acklin is here, and uh, his wife, Katie O, Katie O'Malley, are always uh, very happy when this day comes along. But the Kevin is kind enough to take time to come on the broadcast with us. He's the president of business operations for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And uh, we're going to talk about these renovations that are going to be taking place at PPG Paints Arena. Nice to see that. It's still a beautiful building, Kevin. Good morning to you. And uh, it's great that uh, they're going to make it even more beautiful. It is, and it's a great day for the Irish. Of course, uh, <laughs> when you're part of the O'Macklin family, every day is a great day for the Irish. So, uh, yeah, I've got the Flyers in today, the Rangers tomorrow. Very excited. 
uh, big weekend for us to pick up some points on the ice. But we've been making a lot of moves off the ice. Um, just this past week, we announced a total overhaul uh, of a number of different items at PPG Paints Arena. We're getting a brand new scoreboard in the off season. It'll be about twice the size of the existing scoreboard. Uh, we're replacing all of our LED ribbon boards, our sound system, our control room. Uh, we're expanding Suite 66, which, of course, is the existing bunk- bunker suite next to the bench uh, to honor Mary Lemieux. We're creating two new bunker suites. And on top of that, we're creating a new event-level club, which fits about 300 people, at a double attack zone uh, right behind the net underneath. Uh, fits. It's where we currently uh, chair, chair storage is what we call it, is where we, we, uh, we had an event last night for WWE. The arena gets turned over, and, and so we're taking areas of PPG paints, again, 12 years old, making about $30 million of investment into it uh, for one reason. That's to, to give back to the fans, to make it the arena, uh, you know, a top-notch arena for people to come and enjoy ho- hockey games and concerts. So a lot of, a lot of good stuff happening in the offseason this summer. Hey, Kevin, uh, thanks for joining us as always. Always great to catch up with you. Uh, when you The, uh, the event-level um, suite, or club, will that be kind of like the the Captain Morgan slash FNB bank one where uh, fans can kind of get up in there and be in their own private areas and then kind of just go right to their seat? Is it is it on on par with those two? It is. Uh, it's actually probably be a little more higher um, higher investment there. Uh, so right now it's on the event level. It's right next to where the visiting locker room is. Yep. Uh, there'll be a dedicated um, elevator that brings you down. For hockey games, we're actually tying that club to section 109. So um, for, for it'll be an entirely new club right there in the double attack zone, which will have a bomb where you go out to your seats from underneath. So maybe a little hard to envision because it's behind the scenes. It's under the existing stands. Uh, but if you go to other arenas, uh, Madison square garden has a, has a similar concept. Uh, the New York Islanders uh, facility up, up on the Island has a concept. Some of the new arenas uh, that are being built have these premium spaces. So they're, they're great for hockey games but they're really tremendous for concerts. You know, right now, when you go to a concert and you buy a ticket on the floor, there's not a club for you to go to. This is, this fills that gap in our market. So we're really excited to make these investments and, and bring more energy to PPG Paints Arena. That scoreboard sounds really cool. And uh, the fact that you're also doing a brand new control room tells me that you need more cool stuff up there to make that scoreboard go and all the, the ribbon lighting, as you said, the LEDs around the building. So sounds like from a technical standpoint, that's a big, big thing you guys are doing. So, you know, 12 years is a, is a lifetime or three lifetimes with technology. And, you know, we've been in the arena for 12 years. This is the first time that we've made those investments. Uh, we will go from the third smallest scoreboard in the NHL to the top third. It'll be the brightest board in the league um, with a lot of real estate. So for fans to track, you know, the players on the ice, it gives us more room uh, to put more information up there. Uh, and, it, and again, it's just something that we're doing to, to become, uh, to stay ahead of the curve, uh, to, to, to make investments in, in these technologies so we can make a better fan experience. Everything we're doing here is to make the fan uh, who comes in to cheer for the Penguins to have a better experience. Hey, Kevin, whenever you, when you get into bringing that new technology in, and I don't want you to tip your hand too much here because I think this would be great surprises for people, but just you hear some whispers around and everything. Will that also entail like getting the new um, big screen in there? Will you be able to do things like on the ice and some other stuff maybe with some of the technology that's coming in like we've seen in some of these other buildings? 
we're, everything's on the table. You know, we had a team, James Santilli, our chief marketing officer, some folks from our ownership group at Fenway uh, did a little bit of a listening tour earlier in the season, went around the different venues, and we brought back some ideas, you know, not only for technology improvements, ice projection, all of that, were, you know, new lighting we're, we're considering, but also just how we entertain the fan during the game, what kind of music selections we have. You've seen me shake it up a little bit with the DJs. All of that, again, is, is meant to to attract and retain. You know, when folks come to a Pens game, obviously the best way uh, to experience the Pens is if we win. Uh, but but above and beyond that, you know, have have more fan interaction, um, you know, during the game. We're, we're, we're doing everything we can to try to make it uh, exciting for the fans. You know, people have uh, – when they, when they pay for a ticket, we know they have other choices with their time and money. And when they invest in our team, we want to make sure they feel full value. Kevin, I want to change the subject a little bit here. Um, there's been a lot of news uh, about the situation with the regional sports networks around the country and how they're affecting not only NHL teams, but the NBA and Major League Baseball. And, of course, we know that AT&T Sportsnet uh, has issues uh, in that regard. What are the Penguins <clears throat> uh, going to do about that and how much does Fenway Sports Group's relationship <clears throat> with Nesson in Boston, the fact that they are part owners of that, uh, kind of give them a better position to be able to deal with it? Well, uh, great question, Stag. You, you know, this is something that the sports industry has been anticipating for several years. Uh, obviously, with the, the uh, continuation of cord cutting, people not buying their cable packages, which support um, the RSN stations like AT&T, Sportsnet, uh, which further undermines the RSN's ability to pay the teams uh, the rights fees that they negotiated years ago. Um, it, the math just doesn't work anymore. And so, um, you know, in the last couple of months, you've seen some bankruptcies uh, filed with Bally's. We've been engaged uh, directly with AT&T Sportsnet. What I'll tell you is we have a great relationship with them. You know, Sean McClintock and the folks on the ground that include our, our TV broadcasters, as well as everybody that produces Penguins hockey. Um, all of them are great people. We feel like they're an extension of the team. Uh, we're actively working on this. Actually, this morning, uh, I was, uh, you know, responding to some emails relating to this issue. Uh, our commitment is you'll, you'll see no disruption, uh, you know, to, to the fans who want to watch us on TV. Economically, we're going to try to, you know, figure out how to make this thing work and sustainable. But it's a classic case where an, an economic model that worked 10 years ago, uh, you know, as a way for sports networks to take product and content from a team and distribute it across a cable platform, uh, it just doesn't work anymore. And so we're going to be ahead of the curve. Uh, we're looking at some direct-to-consumer concepts, some streaming services to make it more affordable and, and uh, accessible to fans. What I will say is we're in a great spot given that our ownership group at Fenway Sports Group for 40 years uh, have had experience uh, with Nesson, the New England Sports Network. And when you compare Nesson to all the other RSNs across the industry, they're in best shape. They've, they've been aggressive. They've, they've tried to stay ahead of this disruption. They've made, made some significant investments with the Red Sox uh, and, and the Bruins don't hold it against them uh, on direct <laughs> the consumer options. Uh, but we're working hand-in-hand with those folks and uh, to make sure that, that our fans can continue to, to have uh, and enjoy Penguins hockey on television. Do, do you think, Kevin, that it gives you kind of, I mean, not that you ever want something like this to happen when it affects something as big as TV rights or a broadcast, but it almost gives you latitude to explore a lot of different things that maybe you didn't in the past, and you kind of touched on it. I know there's certain teams in the league that have gone to a full, 
internet stream only that they control for their radio broadcasts, things like that. And some probably even are considering doing that for TV. So does, does it allow you some latitude to explore all these different options, such as maybe your own subscription service or something like that? Absolutely. What, what I'll tell you is that our, our content team, our partnership team, there are groups, uh, wizards who, who uh, you know, work with us in, in the front office who are looking their shops to have the opportunity uh, you know, to, to do some things differently. Um, and if you know anything about the Pittsburgh Penguins, we we're constantly trying to innovate, yep. whether it's on the base, whether it's what we do in the community, uh, you know, certainly uh, th- this is a problem it's lemons, but we're going to try to do our ba- best to make lemonade out of it. And, and certainly these are times when, you know, when you have disruption and a change of an old structure, it, those who innovate and stay ahead of the curve uh, become the winner. So what I'll tell you, I've, I've become a quick study. In this, uh, I was on the phone yesterday with some folks out west uh, that 10 years ago were trying to, to get the attention of the of the RSNs with some new concepts and technology. Um, you know, we, we feel pretty strongly that, you know, given our ratings and how much affinity our fans have for our product uh, on television and obviously at the arena, that we're in good shape and we're going to get through this and, and come out on the, on the back end with something perhaps even better. That's awesome. That is really good to hear. And I just, I'm just curious, Kevin, do you know, because <clears throat> everybody talks about cutting the cord, I'm just wondering, do you know how many subscribers are left in this region? Like, how many people are still subscribing to cable or do, the percentages, how far they're down or whatever? Do you have any numbers on that? I, I do. So t- so two things. Uh, <clears throat> this is industry-wide. In the last four years, you've seen about a 35 to 40% reduction in subscribers. So think about how dramatic of that, that's been. And some of that has been ushered by the pandemic. So fully 40% um, reduction across uh, over the last four years. Again, not just here in Pittsburgh, but uh, across the country. One competitive advantage we have here is we have a broader sub- subscriber base in the Pittsburgh region than other areas. So, so, so compared to other teams and other regions, we're marginally better. That's what I thought. And I would think that because of that, that gives you still an opportunity to reap some revenue from the cable sector. It's not just going to be all streaming, in other words. Whereas some other teams might be in a a position where they're going to have to really rely more on the streaming because they may have really lost a ton of subscribers. And Pittsburgh is always, this this area has always been uh, noted for high cable penetration right from the start. And that that, that continues to this day, and and all of it's because of our fan base. Uh, You know, we punch above our weight class as a city, of course, uh, with the affinity our fans have. Uh, for for hockey and for baseball and of course for football, um, and so we're we're in good shape. We're going to go through a little bit of a rocky period here, figuring out you know how how to you know cut some new contracts and the like. What I'll also tell you is that our players, one of the first things they they thought about were were the Dan Potashes of the world and the Mears and the Aries. Uh, you know we 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 called those guys just to make sure that they knew that we didn't have full control of the situation, but we're going to do everything we can uh, you know to, to make sure that. We continue our product on on television, which our fans have have grown to love and enjoy so much. Kevin, that is great stuff. It's groundbreaking, um, news-breaking, and lots of uh, other things that uh, make this show uh, more compelling. And we really appreciate you sharing all that information with us. And all the best to you on your efforts to make that uh, turn into lemonade. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. Keep up the great work. Thanks, guys. We need four points this weekend. Oh, do we we ever. Okay, thank you, and have a great weekend. And enjoy St. Patty's Day festivities. Amen. Take care, guys. Take care. That is Kevin Acklin, the president of business operations for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And Mets and I will be back with more on Penguins Live Weekly 
on the Penguins Radio Network, presented by s Bank. Hey students, did you know you can score great savings on Pittsburgh Penguins tickets through GetGo Student Rush? Take a break from studying and text RUSH to 412-534-6266 to score last-minute ticket deals sent directly to your phone. You must be a college student with a .edu email address to participate. Again, text RUSH to 412-534-6266 or visit pittsburghpenguins.com slash studentrush to learn more about the GetGo Student Rush program today. Life-changing is a nursing career where you have the power to take the lead and opportunities to make real change, where you work alongside colleagues that care and see inspiration every day, where you're celebrated for who you are and have the support you need for what matters most to you. Life-changing is being a nurse at UPMC. Explore your career options today at upmc.com nursing. As the official security provider of the Pittsburgh Penguins, Vector Security is invested in the success of the entire Western Pennsylvania area. If you run a business here, they understand your primary focus is serving your customer. And a big part of that is making sure that your customers, your employees, and your inventory are all safe and secure. Vector Security can help. Schedule a free business security health check today, and one of their local security experts will assess your needs. Visit them online at vectorsecurity.com pens to learn more with captivating nature and the thrill of wide open adventure west virginia is everything you need for a truly unique escape plan your getaway now at wvtourism.com stop by burger jory pittsburgh's favorite local burger joint located at section 206 at bpg paints arena and with seven other spots around town we're always easy to find burgatory hell of a burger and heavenly shakes visit our website at burgatorybar.com
When you drink a prestige. You're listening to Penn's Live Weekly, presented to you by PPG Penguins. This is, this is Penguins Live Weekly. We're here every week at 9 a.m. on a Saturday morning to take a look back at the week that was for the Penguins, but now we're looking ahead because the Penguins got the Flyers this afternoon who just fired their general manager, Chuck Fletcher, then the Rangers tomorrow. Um, boy, the Flyers, are, no one in Pittsburgh is uh, feeling sorry for them right now, Mets, uh, as you know. And uh, they are going through some tough times. You know what? And it's I hate to, to kind of pile on a guy, but Chuck Fletcher has made some really interesting decisions over his tenure there that took them from being a team that everyone thought was going to be tearing the NHL up going into the, the bubble. I mean, that season they were coming down the stretch so good. They looked like their young players had started to produce stag and. Uh, lo and behold, they just kind of fell apart from there. And he made some interesting acquisitions, gave out some bad contracts, and that always bites you in the backside. Ristolainen comes to mind. A lot of people are like, well, why would you give up a first-round pick and then sign him to the deal that he did because you've asked him to be more than he is? And that hasn't worked. Their young players look stunted. And then this deadline, I I saw them call it— He um, did nothing, right? He's- no, he, he, made, um, he picked up Brendan Lemieux which is the most Flyers-esque player ever, to bring him in. And he had an asset that everybody thought would get something into their organization, trading Van Riemsdyk, and he didn't pull that off. He ended up holding him. sounded like coming down to the wire, they had a couple of deals that could have happened. Detroit was interested, a couple other teams. And unfortunately, for whatever reason, they fell through, and maybe he waited a little too long, Stag, and he got stuck with him. And he wasn't able to move him for something. And I think that was the straw that broke the camel's back. And Daniel Briere. Now takes over. He was an assistant there, or he had a front office job. They made him the interim general manager at this point. And we've seen a lot of these players step into those roles and do well and look no further than Steve Eiserman um, and Joe Sackett, guys like that. And and now maybe Daniel Briere has an opportunity to be the next one. I don't think it's an easy place to work if you're a general manager because you have Bobby Clark and Paul Holmgren who remain uh, pretty powerful in that organization. Yes. And they kind of keep their eye on you. And, uh, and I know that that was a problem for Ron Hextall when he was there. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers organization has always been defined by grit, determination, and a standard of excellence, said Dave Scott, chairman of the Comcast Spectacor Company and governor of the Philadelphia Flyers. So, yeah, they got Brendan Lemieux because they want to add grit. They've got John Tortorella there, so it looks like the Flyers want to go back to the future. You're not going to get back to broad street hockey, I don't think, Stag, but they always try for it. And um, I think, honestly, someone like Daniel Briere who, for being a little guy, was a tough player. He wasn't easy to knock off the puck, and he played on some teams that had some grit. So he may still have a little bit of respect for that, but I think he was more of a skill guy, and he may take them a little different direction. And he probably, if he if he ends up being more than an interim GM there, I think you'll see him kind of start to rebuild them in a way where they get a little bit more skill, finesse, in and around the grit. So there's probably still room for a Lemieux-type player on that roster, but I think you'll see him maybe give those young, skilled forwards a chance to thrive. You know, Chuck <clears> Fletcher, <throat> by the way, I just want to say this, was one of the great guys to ever come through the Penguins organization. I love Super that. nice man, I too. I love that guy. He's one of those guys that you could talk to, you could give your opinion, and he would actually listen. You know, he'd be like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. You know, he's, you know, a lot of hockey guys, they kind of look down, oh, you're not, you know, you're not one of me. You're not, you're not in my uh, echelon of, of expertise. Mm-hmm. So why would I want you to give your opinion and think it had any validity? You know what I mean? But I, he's not that kind of guy. He was always a guy willing to listen and take into consideration any points you might want to make about the team or whatever. And, 
you know that that always made you feel good, whether or not he really cared. It, it's, you One know, of the long line of pipeliners, to, right? Yeah. Pipeliners from this organization that had. I mean, he's had a lot of jobs in in the league coming out of Pittsburgh. No doubt, and he ran he ran a good ship when uh, <laughs> here in Pittsburgh. He ran Wilkes-Barre for Ray Shiro, and he was part of a really good regime uh, when when Ray I Shiro agree. first started. Look at all the people that Ray Shiro. The bloodlines there too. Yeah, look Tom, look at Tom Fitzgerald and. Look what these guys have done uh, that, that worked with Ray. John Hines is another guy that you know Ray brought into Wilkesbury, and you know Mike Sullivan was hired by uh, the, really by um, Billy Garen and, and Tom Fitzgerald brought him into the organization. Jim Rutherford was GM, but those are the guys who really brought him in, and they're derivatives of the Ray Shiro era. So it is interesting, isn't it? And now here are the Flyers who've never hired Ray Shiro to be the GM, <laughs> even though he's the son of the great Fred Shiro who won all those cups. You wonder if maybe maybe even, you might see it. Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> I wonder about it. Really, I do. I wonder if he would be a candidate for it. I think, you know what, the um, not that Tom Fitzgerald's not doing a great job in, in New Jersey now, Stag, but I think you're seeing the benefits of everything Ray Shiro, kind of like here in a way. Yeah. You, you see the benefit of some things that Ray Shiro did carry over, and they're still reaping the benefit. I mean, he brought a lot of those talented young players in, and it took them a little while to get going. I mean, even Jack Hughes, for example, took a little bit. I mean, he was good his entire career, but now he's great. And um, he sure is becoming a great leader and a great all-around player. And so I think you're right. I mean, that would be something to consider for the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, and, and it would make sense. There's good, there's lineage there um, with Ray Shiro. I remember when he came to Pittsburgh, talking about being a, a young guy around that team with his dad being involved. And it's kind of kind of neat how he's had ties to pretty remarkable eras in both teams' history. So, Absolutely. Travis Konechny not uh, going today. He's a pain in the butt to play against. That's good news for the Pens. That is good news for the Penguins. <clears throat> I like who's, who's in goal for the Penguins today because it's back-to-back. I, th- I would think Casey today. I would play Casey because just if you were plotting it out on paper, you would assume Casey against the perceived worst team and, and Jari against the better team. And the Rangers tomorrow. The Penguins, you know, before that Islander loss, really only, they only got one point. You know, people were starting to think, hey, maybe they could catch the Rangers. I think we should focus on the reality of the fact that the Penguins need to get in that first wild card spot. You don't want to play Boston in the first round. Focus on picking up every win you can, and the rest will sort itself out, I think, Stag. So uh, the Penguins are looking to get back on the winning track right away. They did bring up uh, Alex Nylander for the game. It will be interesting to see if he plays. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks to Kevin Acklin, Wayne Gretzky-Anderson, our producer, Brian Metzer, alongside. I'm Paul Steigerwald. This is the Penguins Radio Network, presented by ST Bank. Jim Shorty gives Pittsburgh's hockey fans a Mitsubishi hat trick. Price, selection, and warranty. Grab the most affordable all-wheel drives on the market like Outlander, Outlander Sport, and the Eclipse Cross. Or pre-order now and get it exactly how you want it. With trade values that are higher than ever, the time to upgrade is now. Your deal, your way. What a great day. Proud sponsor of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Come find the Mitsu that fits you at ShortyMitsubishi.com. Let's go, Pen. Hey, Penguins fans, put some flavor in your season with Snapple. Here at Snapple, we are serious about flavor. Snapple's got tasty tea and real fruit flavors all mixed to perfection. So try some of our favorite flavors, including peach tea, diet peach tea, or Snapple apple tea at your local retailer. Snapple is the official tea and juice sponsor of your Pittsburgh Penguins. Put some flavor in your break. Make time for Snapple.
Hey, Pittsburgh Penguins fans, this is Selena Pompiani. You know what's as classic as Jeff Jimerson singing the national anthem at a Pens game? Glidden paint on your walls. Glidden premium interior and exterior paint is easy to use, affordable, and provides a great-looking finish. Oh, and it's available online and in stores at the Home Depot starting at under $20. Skate full speed into your next DIY project with Glidden by PPG, the official paint of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Comes right down the middle, on goal to the forehand, Deeks and scores! In partnership with GovX, the Pittsburgh Penguins are proud to offer discounted tickets to active duty, reserve, veteran, and retired service members and first responders. To view available games, please visit www.pittsburghpenguins.com slash military tickets. The Pittsburgh Penguins thank you for your service to our community and country.